guys, thanks for joining us today. We are excited to be talking about Banning's fourth and latest book, The Three Mile Walk, which you might have been seeing on our social media if you follow along with Banning. We're going to dive into talking about that book over the next couple of episodes. But before all of that, we want to just acknowledge that um, Phil, who apparently makes this podcast, Banning, uh, he is everyone's favorite to quote, Phil is not here. We kicked him out. We have a we have a new guest host, but can can we just let's just address the elephant in the room with Phil not being here? We kind of don't want him here. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> like I feel like it's this moment where this is a Jesus Culture podcast. We invite Phil on to come and be a, a, a co-host with us because Phil's a friend. And I love him. And now, though, like every amazing thing is said by Phil. Every great point is said by Phil. All every clip on social bites. media is Phil. I literally, Becky, this is no joke, right? I had a, a pastor friend of mine send me um, a text of a quote that his son said. His son is on staff in another church, an adult. And his son's like, hey, I've been uh, listening to a lot of the Jesus Culture podcasts, really enjoying, but let's be honest, Phil makes that podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm so you know what? Enough uh, is enough. It's time for Phil to take a break. It is. So Phil's taking a break. And uh, just for two weeks, he's on the sideline. Becky, it's time for me and you. It's our time to shine. Let's do Becky. this. Any Let's... profound thing you've ever had to say, get it out now. Oh my gosh, there's so much pressure. I need to text Phil real quick and ask him for some talking hey, points. You, what should I say? Well, we do have a great co-host, somebody who's been with us before. Yep. I'm the fourth wheel of this podcast. Yeah. Phil Phil's the third wheel, and now that we've moved him out of the picture, I'm sliding in. Third wheel. Fourth wheel. I'm going to take over. Derek Johnson. I'm going to have all the best quotes. Okay, so there's a baseball, there's a baseball analogy, which if nobody watched, so... If you're on, if you're up, you're up to bat and then you're on deck, right? That's the guy that's on the field, but not up to bat, but he's warming up his swing. Okay. Then you're in the hole. What's that? Right. It means that you're up, you're, you're on, you're third in line. Okay. But then we always had the phrase that if you were fourth, you were in the toilet. That was always (laughs) our high school baseball phrase. So you're up to bat, you're on deck, you're in the hole, and then you're in the toilet. So I don't, I'm not trying to say that yeah. it's you, Derek, Basically, that's what made me think of when I you're have, like, am I the yeah. fourth guy coming in? Yeah, I live in the toilet on this podcast. That's basically it. I'm usually, I don't even get a mic. I'm just sitting, well, listening. Well, it was kind of funny because Phil, we, there was a, like a, a mix up in scheduling. So this morning I text Banning like, hey, Phil's not available. What should we do? And it's like. I'm thinking, you know, we could not record. We can do a throwback episode. We're like, oh, all right, just, I guess, throw Derek in. <laughs> <laughs> just throw him in. I didn't we'll even get Derek enough in. time to read up on some theology so I can bring some yeah, Phil-like excellent. points to this podcast. No, but it's we're fine. trying to get that in, yeah. not you, Derek. I'm surprised <laughs> you guys are even doing this podcast today because you're in the middle of moving. Oh, which is yes. the worst. Yeah. It's I'm in denial <laughs> that I'm moving. Just, I mean, just moving. I hate moving. I don't like moving. I want to stay in one house forever. And this, this is the problem because I want to hear how your guys' move is going because it's, you know, it's actually a pretty amazing God story that you'll tell one day, yeah. but it's just kind of stressful. So many moving pieces and, and then the middle of COVID and all this, but I don't like moving even when there's not a global pandemic, but, but oh, yeah. my wife is wired so differently. It's so different that CJ, she likes to dream 
Mm-hmm. So she's constantly wanting to go through to open houses. She wants to show me all these houses online. She it's like she walks through model houses. homes. She walks through model yes. homes. Like she always, I've always known her to do that. It's such a but funny. But we're not gonna buy a home. We're not gonna buy a home at all, but she just enjoys doing it. But I'm like, I need you to know that whenever you're trying to show me something online about a home, my anxiety goes up <laughs> because I hate moving. We just settled into this home. Why are we thinking about another home? Banning for anybody so I'm who glad is, that I'm not you guys. For yes. anybody who's not heard this sermon analogy of yours, which is one of my favorites, talk about how you know true friends. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I legitimately, I'm not kidding. I don't like moving. Like, I don't like moving. I don't like packing. I don't like moving furniture. I don't like doing it on the hottest day of the year. Oh. I don't like unpacking. Um, I do like purging. I will say this. That moving requires you to lining. just purge. <laughs> and I love purging. Mm-hmm. But, but what I hate more is helping other people move. <laughs> And I'm famous for not helping people move, like good friends. <laughs> I just am like, yeah, no, I'm good. It's always on some really 110 degree Saturday. I got to get up the whole Saturday. Uh, I got to come over and move your stuff. I got to, like, I just. I don't know. I don't know if this is a true story. I, I feel like someone recently had mentioned like, oh yeah, Bannon came over during our move. He like moved a box and was like, hey guys, I got to go. <laughs> Well, here's but my he, philosophy But he moved, he moved a box, which was better well, than no boxes. No, but here's why I moved the box. Because, <laughs> and, and, and kids, all you kids, listen up out there, because this is an important leadership lesson you're about to learn. I show up for the photo op. So, so, so I show up for, for the Instagram photo that while you, I'm moving a box that you so that move. people really like, man, look at the servant heart of Banning. That guy is there sacrificing for his friends. That is so powerful. So if there's one lesson you can learn from our podcast, it's this. You don't need to do all the work. Just show up for the Instagram photo. Yes. It's optics. And then it, it looks like you're doing it. And then it and then it and then it counts in our world. And Phil would say, you know, I just to humbly serve the way Jesus did and to love our brothers and sisters who yeah. are moving. Oh, yeah. Phil would have some. Yeah. Phil it's like I ordered the moving truck in. for them. Um, you know, I was there Phil at would 6 talk about some Iglesi- everyone coffee. You know, in Iglesia, Paul would... <laughs> yes, he'd, he'd quote some N.T. Wright quote off of something. This is how it works. Oh, we are. So, and that's the difference between me and Phil. So that's what I'm saying. Kids, if you're listening right now, here's the deal. Just show up in time for the photo op. Show up in time for the group photo. You know, they always take a group photo. Then so appreciate all my friends helping me move today Free just make sure you're there for that moment and, the and then bounce yeah <laughs> help pull down the u-haul door at the end take a photo leave and you're good <laughs> or awful. show up when it's all done hey guys here wait are you guys all done oh, oh man is there is that pizza is that pizza over there <laughs> but wait. it is crazy i you guys you guys moving is it's it's a uh, do you enjoy moving at all? Do you enjoy the purging part? I do enjoy purging. My my most the thing I'm looking forward to the most is we're gonna rent a dumpster and yeah. we're just gonna fill it. And I'm excited about that. Becky Becky loves purging. She does purging all year round, but I don't like she gets rid of things that we actually need. No, She'll not. throw things away that still served a purpose. So I'm the guy who's like going back looking through the garbage, like why'd you throw that away? We also call that this hoarding. Is, yeah, we also maybe a call little that bit. hoarding. I'm more sentimental for items than you are, but you just I throw have, things away. I, I have rules around it. So my rules are this if we haven't used it in the last year. If I forgot we had it, it's gone. 
So if we ha- if we don't use it regularly, not not if it's like a kid, not if it's like a kid, you know, whatever. But if we haven't used it, or if or if I forgot I even had it, and then I actually will, ev- I'll, I'll evaluate things. I'll, I'll like look at something and say, all right, if I really needed that, it's ten dollars. Yes, is ten is is possibly saving ten dollars worth uh, storage space because I need storage space. I want everything off the ground. I want it all on shelves. I want it whatever. So that's my process. I should listen, guys. If anybody's needing a mentor in life, <laughs> I am here to mentor you in how to purge. I'm here to mentor you in how to show up to moving things. You and know get what credit. I'm hearing? You know the like the guys you loved on that show, American Pickers. You can yeah, be yeah. that for people who need to organize their garage. Like this is a whole like TLC unpicker, yeah. unpicker, <laughs> throw away or done. Done. Um, oh, done. Yes, yeah, which actually Becky does does cause us to purge a lot of things that we need to. I will say though, you did you did get rid of like one of the top three sentimental Stop. kid toys. Tell this story. I won't bust what? her out too much. You got rid of a toy? She did. Becky it was like it was like in the top three and got rid of it. She was like, she hasn't played with this in a while, and then throws it away, and then like a week later. Total meltdown because it was gone. She's still Lucy will still say, "I miss Baby Chimp." I, and <laughs> oh my I threw, gosh! I threw away Baby Why Chimp. Why do you throw it away? You don't like give it to Goodwill or oh, give it, it was to na- friends? She, it was nasty. It was, it was, it like, was nasty. It was but. like a super. And I didn't at the time. I didn't register that it was that important to her. We won't but also, it. if if you didn't purge, then I would find everything sentimental and we'd exactly. just be covered in garbage. What so a good balance. I appreciate it. It's good. It works. Taking the next couple of episodes to talk about Banning's um, fourth and latest work. I've I've been calling it your latest work, Banning, because it sounds more collegiate. Your fourth and latest work, the three mile yeah, walk. That's, that's great. That's great. The uh, yeah, uh, my dissertation. Absolutely. My, uh, my manuscript. Yes. For sure, my latest work. My latest work is some um, planter boxes I built. <laughs> that's really what my latest work is. My latest work isn't this book. My latest work is some uh, gravel I moved. Banning's latest that. latest offering, the uh-huh. three mile walk. You just you you just wrote it. It just released in June. Been getting lots of great feedback on it. I'm sure it was really easy to write a book. By the fourth one, is it like a, took you just? You a know couple what's minutes? funny is is people don't realize, and this would just be in life in general, but it takes a lot of people to make you look amazing. <laughs> and uh, uh, no, I, I really mean that. Like like whatever it is, whatever we've done that's amazing in life, it's usually other people that have helped influence it. Writing's like that. Writing's actually hard for me. I'm not actually a, um, it's the discipline of writing that's hard just to be able to sit down, shut your mind completely off and just, you know, sit down and write. Uh, this one, I actually, um, Erwin uh, McManus has done this. And so I, I just sat down and I actually didn't sit down. I, I spoke the whole thing and really? then got transcribed and then started from there. Cause it's just hard to, so I was in New York city in hell's kitchen in this little boutique kind of hotel room for a few, for a couple of days and just was up in the room overlooking, you know, whatever, and just spoke the whole thing out. And then I did some of it from home as well. And then it gets transcribed, but it's so much work. It's, it's literally just, you just, I don't know how people do it fully, but I just was gone for four months. Yeah. Like I, I don't go into the office. I was in the office for like two days over four months yeah. trying to just get this. And that's with people helping me. 
if that makes that's with other people that are jumping in and making me look way better than I am. So totally. Yes. It's why I only it's why I'm gonna release a book every ten years, you know. <laughs> this is every decade Banning releases a book. Yeah. And we so we haven't talked about this book on the podcast yet, but uh, we definitely want to tell the listeners what what is this book about? Why did you write this book? What is the point behind it? Well, I think if you've been listening to podcasts at all, you would know that our heart, um, just as a ministry, my heart is just to come alongside people and encourage them, challenge them, inspire them. Um, I, I really want to see people fully alive, um, and and I'm just convinced that we are most alive, we are most fulfilled, we are most thriving when we're engaged in the call of God in our life. I have a heart for revival. At the end of the day, I want to see God move. I want to see cities and nations in revival. And I'm convinced, though, that revival is connected to people responding to the call of God in their life. And so I think for me, this book is all about that. It's about recognizing being awakened to the call of God in my life, a call to both be and a call to do. So God has, you have a call to be, he's shaping you, forming you, molding you. He wants you to look like Jesus. And then there's a call to do. He's inviting you into a process of partnering with him to see his plans and purposes established on earth. And you have a part to play. So you have a call to both be and to do. And I'm convinced that not only are you most alive when you are engaged in that call, but I believe that revival and God moving is connected to you fully engaged in the call of God in your life. So that's really what the book's about. It's it's about being awakened to the call and then engaging the call. That's so good. We actually um, posted on the Jesus Culture social media um, a little bit about the book. And in the, the copy, we talked about like breaking up the monotony of life and just kind of waking up. And I was actually really surprised to read the comments of... Like that really gripped people. There were so many people. I was I was really surprised to read it. They were saying, my life has felt so monotonous lately. It's mm. just felt so monotonous. And I need this. I need to be like woken up from that. Um, is that kind of, is, do you feel like that's tied to that thing? Like with God, yeah, are, are because, we meant to live a monotonous life? And at some level, what they're saying is my life has just been safe. I haven't taken risks. I haven't stepped out. I haven't dreamed about something. I, I've just have kind of played it safe. And that's somewhat the American dream is just safety. You know, get the house, pay it off, have a good retirement. You know, and I don't have a problem with any of that stuff, but it's kind of like safety is what the goal is. Just make sure that you're safe. And I think that the Christian life, you know, it's not a safe life. It's a life of um, uh, risk and adventure mm-hmm. and stepping out. And And I'll tell you right now, if you're obeying the Lord, you're not in a monotonous life. Like mm-hmm. he's right. calling you off the map all the time. He's calling you into uncharted territory. He's calling you in over your head. So when we talk about saying yes to the call of God in your life, we're talking about, and this is a three mile walk. We're talking about taking that journey. And, and it's just, man, it's full. It's so full. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to live a safe life, I don't ever step out in faith. I don't ever take risks. I don't ever get stretched. I don't, I'm never in over my head. Then you live a monotonous life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the picture. I love that you described that because, you know, First Samuel 14, which is where I take the story out of, which is Jonathan, his armor bearer. It's this incredible contrast between Saul and his son, Jonathan, and Saul and his army of 600 are content to sit on one hill underneath a pomegranate tree, mm. looking at his destiny from a distance. Mm. But Jonathan, something awakens 
inside of him. He said, I'm not going to sit on the sideline. I'm going to get up and go engage what God has called me to do, which is take on the Philistines. Wow. And wow. So that's that picture. So you wonder like, why is my life feel monotonous? Well, at some level, because you're not getting up and engaging what God's called you to. Because if you get up and engage what God's called you to, you won't be sitting underneath the pomegranate tree looking from a distance. You'll be getting up and taking this three-mile walk, and, and, it's, and it's just full of adventure mm. along the way. Oh, that's so that's good. Amazing. So like I said, we're going to take the next couple episodes and what we're going to do is kind of like a three-part series, the three-mile walk. And again, if you've been following along on social media, we've talked about three things, uh, holiness, courage, and faith. So spoiler alert, those are the three miles. Um, so spoiler we're, alert. So we're going <laughs> to... Uh, don't read any further in this yeah. article. <laughs> spoiler alert. Here's the end of... Yeah. Um, so we're going to take this episode and we're going to focus on mile one, which which is holiness. And I, I love that actually, Bannon, when you were writing this and it was kind of coming out and we're, you know, uh, you were bouncing ideas off. I, you know, I knew the concept of the three miles, but I didn't know you were going to tie them to things. Like I didn't realize like, oh, holiness, courage, and faith. Here are the three miles. So I love that whole concept. So let's talk about holiness, which in all honesty, coming from someone who didn't grow up in church and was this rebellious teenager, that word holiness was just really unattractive to me. Like I, it almost in my growing up, holiness equated with religion. Like it's unattainable. It's very awful. It's it's unnecessary. No yes, like mm-hmm. holiness. It's just so. It sounded just so. You know, obviously, in walking out with the Lord, I'm like, oh, holiness is so. It's such a beautiful thing. But but let's talk about that. It's mile Whoa. one. It also, heaven feels that way, doesn't it, when you're in that mode? <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, growing up, it's like holiness sounds so not fun. Right. Holiness sounds like so whatever. And then I remember as a kid thinking about heaven like that. Like, heaven sounds kind of boring. Like, what? <laughs> like, eternity? Like, because we just don't have a, a, we just don't have a correct view of it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, it, we, we call them miles because, just to put some context, in the story of John the Sarmer Bear, the Israelites are camped on one hill. The Philistines are encamped on another hill but there's a three mile valley that separates them. So when Jonathan, his heart is awakened to the call in his life, he gets up and engages it. He starts a three mile walk. And uh, we, we kind of broke that up in the miles, but holiness is one of those things. I almost wrote an entire book on it. Um, I don't know if I could have, <laughs> that would have been a lot of uh, stuff on holiness. <laughs> that would have been really but not fun. Yeah. Not fun. Mm. Yeah, that would have been, man. That been, <laughs> but I, I, it's actually, that was actually what I thought my next book would be on. Uh, when I, after I got done writing Rooted, um, what I thought I would unpack next and write on is holiness. And uh, it's just, a, it's so important, I think. Um, it, this is so bad. I quote it in the book and I forget who said it. An author said, in essence, if anybody has a call in their life, if they're first not called to holiness, then they don't have a call. Like yeah. the first call on our life is holiness. But I think for so many of us, if you grew up like me, which I grew up conservative, legalistic, you know, Baptist, mm-hmm. which you know, like really legalistic Baptist. So holiness was that thing of like, what? And, and we just kind of avoided it. It's not really possible. Uh, you can't really attain to it. And so we ignored it. Uh, but, but if you're going to go on a stream mile walk, you can't ignore holiness. And therefore you have to understand what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understood holiness more as what you, you know, it's a list of do's and don'ts and more don'ts than do's. Totally. You know, so you don't smoke and you don't go to bad movies and you don't listen to music with cuss words and you don't sleep around and you don't wear shorts to church on Sunday. <laughs> and you, and you like, you don't do all this type of stuff and that's holiness. But 
Holiness isn't a list of do's and don'ts. It's, it's a relationship. And, and this is what we have to understand. Holiness is relational. Second Corinthians 6 and then going into 7, you know, Paul's writing and he says, he's talking about that God wants to be a father to us. He wants us as sons and daughters. And then he says, therefore, having these promises and the promises are that God will be a father to us and we can be as sons and daughters. He says, therefore, having these promises, let us perfect holiness. Mm. And so it's this concept of holiness is God calling us relationally to look like him and to surrender everything. So the holiness, mm. anytime, just unpack it. Holiness, sanctification, and consecration, they all in essence mean the same thing, which is set apart or otherly. So God is holy because he's set apart. So he is completely set apart from sickness. He's completely set apart from sin. He's completely set apart from death. He's set apart. And so, so when the Bible says, be holy as I am holy, it's talking about a life that is set apart to God. Mm. And I, I think we have to look at it again, because when we look at holiness as what you don't do, and it's important not to do things, uh, <laughs> but when we look at holiness as what you don't do rather than what you do do, we're, what we're mi- what you do do. <laughs> There's your sound bite. Phil would be so I'm glad. proud. Thank you, uh-huh. Phil. Some people don't do. So, yeah. I do do. This is when, if you don't have an editor working with me, this is what would, my book would sound like. But um, I remember in youth group, we would we would always, you know, we'd show up to youth camp and they would call us to repent of our sins, and kids would be up front repenting of sleeping with their girlfriend or smoking or, or whatever else, and they'd put stuff on the altar, and it was beautiful. Like it was actually beautiful. I'm actually not downplaying it. The problem is, is, is they were calling us to separate from sin, but just because you separate from sin doesn't make you holy. Mm. You have to set yourself right. apart to God. Mm. So the point is, is just because I don't cuss doesn't make me holy. Mm. You, you need to separate from sin because sin easily ensnares you. It entangles you. It separates you. Like it, it, it kills you, it destroys, it steals. Like sin is bad. You need to separate from sin, but you separate from sin so that your life can be fully set apart for God. It's, and that's what holiness yeah. is, is my life completely 100% set apart for God. And so, yeah, in the book, do you kind of unpack that? Because I'm thinking, all right, people are listening and, and that's even, that's a... I'm sure that's a new concept for people. Like I've never even heard like Yeah, I mean even the idea that oftentimes we all know that we should be separated from sin, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily know what holiness is yes. and what we should what what are we becoming a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The illustration I use in the book and Becky, your youth pastor, you'll enjoy this. As youth pastors, we're constantly trying to figure out illustrations, you know. So I was at a youth camp and a youth pastor, it was a great youth pastor, Steve, he was a friend. He used the illustration on holiness about brushes. And he said, um, he said, you know, there's all different types of brushes. There's like a scrub brush. It, you, you use it for utility things. You put it in the garage and some oil spills. You, you clean it up and you, you clean the tires. You know, your kid throws up. You clean it up. You, know, you use it for a lot of stuff. And then you got a hairbrush. You'll use it for your hair. You know, you, your, your wife might use it. Your kids might use it. A handful of people might use that hairbrush. But then you've got a toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> and and a toothbrush is used for one thing. It's used to brush my teeth. You know, I'll share my hairbrush with whoever, but my toothbrush, and I don't know what it is, like I can full on make out with my wife. <laughs> and then she'll be like, can I use your toothbrush? I'm like, oh my gosh, no. Gross. <laughs> like, yeah. Use your own this toothbrush. Disgusting. Like, like, no, you can't use my toothbrush. Like there's a concept that that toothbrush has one purpose in life. 
It's not, it, I don't even share it with my wife, let alone, I'm not cleaning up puke off the ground oh. with it. I'm not cleaning the garage floor with my toothbrush. So in essence, that toothbrush is set apart. Wow. It's set apart for one purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's the picture that I want to give people is that holiness is set apart, which means my life has one purpose. Wow. Mm. My life has one purpose, to bring glory to God. Mm. I want to know him. I want to bring him glory. My life is set apart for that. Now, do I accomplish that all the time? No. But the Bible says that we're to pursue peace and we're to pursue holiness. It's the concept of sanctification. So this is the theology part that you know justification is the one-time act so justification you once you're justified you cannot become more justified you're justified you go from guilt to innocent uh god god decrees you innocent because of the blood of jesus and you are justified Mm -hmm. so that's justification sanctification is different because sanctification is not a one-time it's an ongoing process in your life where the Holy Spirit, the spirit of holiness, is working in your life to sanctify you and to renew you every day to look like Jesus. Mm. And so one of the things you have to realize is holiness is a relationship and it's something that we continue to pursue. May my life be completely set apart. Mm-hmm. May my life be completely surrendered. May it be yours. And yes, I separate from sin. And listen, separating from sin, repenting of sin, all of these things are important parts of holiness, but it's just really important right. to understand just because you don't do something doesn't make you holy. Mm-hmm. It's my life set apart to God that makes me holy. It's the yes that makes me holy. That's so good. Do you think that church, capital C, you know, in the midst of culture and everything, that we've lost sight of this or that we've just not fully, this isn't, you know, this isn't something that you hear, that honestly I hear a lot about. And I'm thinking of even the world, or I'm thinking of my teenagers, honestly, my youth group, like, oh, this is such a foreign concept. Mm. This is so not what, you know, that culture is showing them at all like it's it's almost counterculture it's it's old it's biblical it's so it's so basic to the christian life but man it's not something you know well i think that this is why intimacy is so important and i think that even as we're praying for revival i just pray for revival intimacy because what motivates us to be holy is love mm, and so Um, there's a lot of things that God calls us to separate from and he does it for our own sake. They're not good. They're not good for us. So teenagers would be a good example. There's a ton of things that Jesus is like, that's not good for you. That's actually hurting you. It's not helping you. And, and, you know, the concept is, well, God just doesn't want me to have fun. You know, it's like, no, no, God has a heart for you. But if that teenager isn't connected and motivated by love, they don't want to separate from yeah, this stuff. Right. And the illustration I've used is I worked on a painting crew. The, the last job I had before I went into full-time ministry at 19. Now, there's something I hate more than moving, painting. <laughs> yes, painting. <laughs> the so the last job that I had um, was I was on a painting crew for a month. <clears throat> I was 19 years old. I got paid $5 an hour. I was the grunt, which means I just came in and like prepped the room tore the room down and then I cleaned all the brushes and you know did all that type of stuff. And I hated it. Got yelled at most of the time. And I I, I just I hated it. It was brutal. I was getting paid and I hated it. But I could do the exact same thing with my dad. Mm. Like if my dad called me and said, mm. hey can you come over and help me paint this room? Yeah, I'd love to. Sounds what a great Saturday. 
I go over, I tape, uh, we paint, I tear it down, I clean the brushes because I'm doing it relationally. Like, like the same thing that I hated doing out of duty and obligation, mm. the same thing I hated doing even when I was getting paid, like hated it. I love doing it when I'm just doing it with my dad. When I'm doing it with my dad, man, what a, what a fun day with my dad painting. Mm. And that's why when you're talking about holiness apart from relationship, when you're talking about holiness apart from intimacy, when you're talking about holiness apart from the concept that God's a father and he wants you to be his sons and daughters, mm. when you separate those two things, you begin to get holiness that is, is the, the effort trying to pursue holiness out of duty, out of obligation, mm. out of right. guilt, out of shame, out of everything else rather than no holiness. And so there's, I mean, how many things in your own life because of your love for your spouse, do you freely give up or your kids? Oh. I mean, how many yeah. things have you given up for your kids that you do with joy in your heart absolutely, because of the relationship you have with your kids. So if we can't call a generation to intimacy, if we can't call a generation to encountering his love, then all that God calls us to, to be separate and set apart is going to be short lived. It's not going to, it's not going to last. That's so good. Uh, because it's duty driven. I think that that's, that's it right there. Like when that message, yeah. and it's so often it is disconnected from relationship. It is disconnected from, from love. I love that. Yeah. Cause it almost feels like too, what you're saying, Banning is I think sometimes maybe even as pastors and church leaders, we can sometimes overemphasize um, the sin management part where yes. what you're saying is, if you can develop a healthy relationship with God, uh, then obedience is actually filled with joy. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to sin because I'm connected to the Father. Mm -hmm. Like, things that actually seemed really difficult um, to manage in the past, all of a sudden I have this obedience in me that I'm. those things aren't even appealing anymore. But sometimes yes. we're trying to get people exactly to manage right. sin before that. Well, we're also trying to figure out how to motivate people. So there's a verse that says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Yeah. And so um, I remember Pastor Bill talking about this with us because, you know, you always read that, like, if you love me, it will show up by you keeping my commandments. Yeah. Like prove that yeah. by keeping my commandments. So we're like, oh, I got to mm. keep his commandments. If I, and if I'm not keeping his commandments, rather than this, if you love me, the natural outflow will be you'll keep my commandments. Wow. Yes. So 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 right. if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And we always take that as like we feel bad. We're like, if oh, you love I don't me. love God yeah. because yeah. I haven't right. because I did this or I didn't do that. And we're going like, no, 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 no. Just love God. Keep keep pursuing love of God. Love God. Because trust me, if you love God, the natural outflow is is you'll want to keep his commandments. That's, That's the natural yeah. manifestation of love is obedience. And so um, that's why the whole thing, that's even why I unpack and I only spent two chapters in the book on it, but that's why trying to unpack that the motivation for, for holiness is love. This is the fuel for it. If you don't do that, then you're just going to be stuck constantly feeling bad about how you're not measuring up and you're not getting there, not realizing love is actually the key. I think mm, so um, in your fifth work, the work, the complete work on holiness, we can use this conversation <laughs> as where it began. <laughs> I, I get. I, to, what's funny is uh, this is this is a little this little insight into my life. I was like, I'm gonna write a book on holiness, and then when I got into uh, this book and I wrote two chapters, I thought, 
That's all I got. I think I only have two chapters. <laughs> I thought, good thing I didn't write a so book on holiness. I'm not book. even sure what yeah. I, well, what, what other eight <laughs> chapters would I have put in this book on holiness? And so, you know, it sounds great that I was like, I was going to write a book on holiness. It was going to be two chapters long. So I just decided <laughs> to put it in three, the three mile walk. I it wrote, just more like a perfectly. pamphlet. A pamphlet on holiness would be it great. It was a booklet. It was a booklet. <laughs> Banning's fifth booklet on holiness. <laughs> it's only fifth, fifth worklet. <laughs> that's funny. Well, um, that was that's mile one holiness, guys. This book is available everywhere books are sold. If you are buying books physically, it was uh, one of our staff found it in the recipe section at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, posted a picture. Hey, I love that recipe. <laughs> recipe for a great life. Hey, there it is. <laughs> if you're looking for a recipe for a that's great it. life, that's, that's where it is. Awesome. That's the tagline. Recipe to spiritual health. Here we go. The three mile walk. Yes. It's it's um it's amazing. You know, people were comments like, "Where can I get this?" I'm like. Google it. Do people not Google anymore? Just Google it. <laughs> ThroughMileWalkBook.com, uh, Amazon. There's a website called Amazon. Uh-huh. It's yeah, uh, fairly like, new. Like how, and uh, they still, sell books was, and a variety of other things. It is amazing. Yeah. People are, if you I, can't find it now, you're never going to find so it. So many That's comments are like, but much. where could I get this? Where do I find this? I'm like... <laughs> it's the internet, people. You should tell them yeah. it's, it's only sold in our church bookstore. Right. <laughs> Which we don't it's have. Sold, it's only <laughs> sold in our church bookstore. So you get all the information um, on Banning's Instagram, too, at The Banning. We have a couple of fun things. We read one of the chapters on there. Um, you can get an audiobook sample. It's, it's all over. So make sure you guys get that. Break up the monotony of your life. And then our next podcast, we're going to be tackling mile two, which is courage, the issue issue of courage another pamphlet banning has written on courage (laughs) another booklet that was a couple chapters in the book all right thanks for joining us guys we'll see you next time thanks so much for listening to the jesus culture podcast you can always connect with us on instagram at jesus culture dm us let us know what you'd like to hear about ask us any questions topics you'd like to hear about in the future we'd love to hear from you that's on instagram at jesus culture see you next time